So please be seated. There is something very special when we worship God uh, because he is such an incredible God. And uh, worship, um, if you translate, unpack the Greek word, it means to reach out, to kiss, to embrace. And that's what we're doing from whatever place we've come from in our own sort of life and in our own spirit. Uh, Worship just opens us up. It gets us ready for more of God. And uh, we hope that... um, Now you will be steadily encouraged and encouraged because we're just going to give you some small snapshots from previous streams in the desert. Thank you very much, Amy and the team, for your uh, leading us in worship. (coughs) Wonderful. Uh, Somebody who couldn't be here tonight is Caroline Mara, and she sometimes uh, leads uh, the music group. She's got a university course, so she's hard uh, studying at the moment. But uh, she's made this wonderful CD called Meeting Place, which is on sale at the uh, back, and the proceeds go to the well. But uh, it's all about how she's met deeper with God over these last few years. It's brilliantly produced, very professional, and uh, comes highly recommended. And uh, so you can buy one later. So, how did Stream start? Uh, I know some of you will know this story, but uh, just to catch you up and draw you in, those that don't know where Streams came from, uh, back in February 2000, I had the opportunity of going to Toronto Airport Church. It's a church that I'd heard a lot about, and because I'd found an air ticket which I'd lost, and the air ticket was to anywhere in the world, I found it just before it expired, and I decided to go to um, Toronto. I know, how do you lose a free air ticket? (laughs) Only I can. (laughs) And um, anyway, I decided, because everybody else had had their Christmas holidays, they're going skiing, I had no one to go with, so I decided, where shall I go? Oh, I'll go to Toronto. A lot of time, several years after everybody else had been. And when I went in February 2000, I had the most incredible experience of God. Um, on the first day I was there because the church was closed, I went to Niagara Falls and I looked at this really snowy, frozen scene. And I really believe that God said to me, Anne, you are just as frozen in, in your spirit as this scene. And I'm about to thaw you out. I had no idea what that meant. But anyway, from that moment, God just melted my spirit and met with me in an incredibly deep way. And that's the church where I'd vowed on the plane flying over... Lord, I know that when uh, people are prayed for in that church, they fall down. Well, I'm not. Well, that was a silly prayer to pray because I spent most of the week on the floor. I then went back in the summer of 2000 and uh, friends like Ruth joined me. And we did um, two schools there. And I'll talk to you about one of the schools in a moment. But um, when we came back from the summer trip... I shared with Ruth on the plane that I felt that God was asking Ruth and I to do something for women here in Leamington Spa. We thought actually it was just for the women here at St. Paul's Church, which we are both members of. And uh, the more we talked about it, and Ruth had also discerned that's what God wanted because they got this incredible women's work in Toronto. And so we met with three or four others and we started to pray. We had no idea what it would look like. 
like. We didn't even know what we would be called. And as we prayed, God slowly kind of almost downloaded uh, what he wanted us to do. And um, one of us, it might have been me, I I had some picture of um, some yellow crocuses. And then another member of the team, I think it was Jill, said, oh, isn't it Isaiah 35? Uh, doesn't that mention uh, crocuses? So we scrabbled around and we read this passage. The desert and the parched land will be glad. The wilderness will rejoice and blossom. Like the crocus, it will burst into bloom. It will rejoice. Uh, great land shout for joy. Strengthen the feeble hands. Steady the knees that give way. Say to those with fearful hearts, be strong. Do not fear. Your God will come to save you. Then will the eyes of the blind be open and the ears of the deaf unstopped. Then will the lame leap like a deer and the mute tongue shout for joy. Water will gush forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. Everlasting joy will crown their heads. Gladness and joy will overtake them and sorrow and sighing will flee away. Isn't that an incredibly encouraging passage written hundreds of years ago, but it's still true today. That's all the things that Father God can do. And as we just paused on that passage, uh, one of the team just said, why don't we call it Streams in the Desert? This meeting is going to be a place where women can come and they can be refreshed because so often as women, we're involved uh, very actively in our local church and maybe we don't have enough time to, to be and join in all the worship because we're doing things in other groups. And so we just discern that God wanted us to create a place where women would come. I really don't think any of us in that room knew how how large it was going to to get. And we just thought it would be for the women here at St. Paul's. But other people, like Jean Gaskin, who's going to come up and speak, uh, kind of infiltrated the the first meeting from Covington. And then further and further away, more women came. And hence why you're here today. So it was very much a God thing. And God continues to do different things in our midst. Ruth, at that time, you also had a special word. need my glasses for this bit yes it's it's something about the excitement that you get when you know God's given you a vision isn't it or given you uh, something to start it starts to bubble up inside and you think gosh this would be amazing you know we saw all these women at this event in Toronto and we thought gosh wouldn't it be good if we could do that in Leamington fantastic event so uh, you know as Anne said when we got together the few of us that got together in great trepidation because we'd never done anything like that was amazing when I was in Toronto I went to um, uh, something a seminar by somebody called Mark Berkler who talks about how we journal and how we listen to what God's saying and we actually uh, ask him questions we need to get into this right place and we need to still ourselves and then start writing well I, I don't journal as much as I did then, but I, I journaled, and I was journaling at the time. And I've actually got this here, and the question I wrote was, what about streams in the desert? And this is what I felt God was saying. You have been faithful to my prompting, and I will bless the work. Don't do it on your own, in your own strength, only mine. When you're weak, then I'm strong. Be open-minded and tuned into my spirit and many will be blessed. Be bold and speak out the truth. 
Not all will hear and understand, but stand firm and be true to me. It will be like a whirlwind. People will not be able to hold back or stop themselves once it gathers momentum. My spirit will be in charge and lives will be shaken up and turned around. But don't get disheartened or worried. I understand. I want the work to progress and I can and will do it in streams. Streams will flow in the desert. Flowers will blossom. Lives will be changed and hearts healed all because of me. Just let me in and I will do it. Trust. I am the way and the truth and the life. I am going to bless far more than you could hope or imagine. Just do what is in your heart. I put the longing there. How amazing. Well, that's what we really believe has been happening these last 10 years. God has been very much in the midst. And uh, we have tackled a number of issues. And uh, one of the um, foundational um, passages that we used, well, there were a number of um, foundational passages, but we really wanted to um, unpack the Father Heart of God. Ruth did the course on listening uh, to the voice of God, uh, and she also did a course with me on the Father Heart of God. You see, when I went over to Toronto in 2000, I'd been a Christian for many years, and um, I'd been an evangelist for a Christian organization called CPAS, talked lots about Jesus, and Jesus filled up my prayers. But really, at that time, I didn't do much with Father God. I knew he was around, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, but I didn't do much with Father God. In fact, I didn't really know how much Father God loved me. And when I went, first of all, in, Febru- in February, and then later on in the summer, I increasingly discovered that Father God loves me for who I am and not what I do. And I have to say, it was a total and utter revelation. I had no idea about that. And on the the snowy kind of day in February, at the end of my week by myself in Toronto, I went and stood in this, I think it was a golf course, and it was like... um, All the lights previously had gone off in my spirit, and suddenly, Father God had flicked them back on. It was like light was everywhere. And I just shouted out, God, where have I been all this time? Why didn't I know that you're such a big Father uh, Father God with such a big heart for me? And so we came back because Ruth and I learned more about the Father heart of God and we, those first few streams we did a lot of work you see all of us need these three things in our life we need security we need significance and we need acceptance we need all those things in order to flourish, in order to grow but just sometimes because of life's hand we don't necessarily have those things and therefore we can get very shaky, very wobbly inside and Father God, it doesn't matter where we've come from, Father God can meet us at our deepest point of needs and he can give us security, he can give us significance, he can give us acceptance And uh, in the Old Testament, the first part of the Bible, there's a a particular verse in Zephaniah 3, um, 17. And it's just like this window comes open into the Father heart of God. It's just such a beautiful um, picture of what God does. Just prior to um, the first words here, it actually says, God is mighty to save. 
The Lord will take great delight in you. He will quiet you with his love. He will rejoice over you with singing. Isn't that a beautiful, beautiful picture? And that's how much Father God loves us. We don't have to earn that at all. He just loves us. And as Paul says in Ephesians 1, before the world began, Father God knew us and he chose us. Now that's an incredible thought. The one who's flung stars into space actually chose us and knew us. And so he does take great delight in us. And so some of those early streams, we thought about the fact that we're not forgotten. As a child of God, we're not forgotten. We're actually very special daughters, each one of us. We're chosen by God. And he just deeply, deeply loves us. Can't say or stress that enough. And he forgives us. Whatever we've done, whether it was a decision or we accidentally did and we kind of offended God, we offended other people, God forgives us. Psalm 103, as far as the east is from the west, so far has God removed our sins from us. And do you know, each one of us, we're an apple of his eye. And in the Old Testament, if you do a translation, it's like the very lens of a person's eye. Well, you need the lens in order to see. The lens is critical. And so we are critical to God. He needs us. He loves us. We are the very apple of his eye. And of course, we're precious. So very precious. As Isaiah 43, uh, verse 4 says, it talks about God being with us in the waters, in the fire. Why? Because you are honoured and precious in my sight. That's how much God loves us. And then another streams, we actually did uh, one on God knowing our name. And again, there's a lovely verse in the Old Testament. I will not forget you, says Father God. See, I've engraved your name on the very palms of my hands. Sometimes people, if they don't want to forget something, write on borrow, phone the office or something here, feed the cat, because your hand is always here. And our name is written on the very palms of God's hands. Whoa, that is absolutely amazing. And I love this verse. And again, since I've been to Toronto, this verse, 1 John 3.1, has taken on an incredible meaning in my life. In fact, we asked Kenny Borthwick uh, about a year or 18 months ago to do a whole conference, really, on this verse to unpack it. And 1 John 3.1 says, How great is the love the Father has lavished upon you that you should be called a child of God. And that is what you are. He says that to each one of us. And so those early streams, and I hope that undercurrent has been going through all the streams meetings, that Father God is for you and not against you. You are so very, very special to him. And then again on another streams, uh, we had a talk about the Father heart of God, and then we had various activities, because we like to have a time of worship, we like to have a time of teaching, a time of prayer ministry, and then at the end, we give you a gift. And I know those gifts go far and wide. And uh, one of the things that we did was um, we worked on these, these statements. I'm deeply loved by God. I'm completely forgiven and fully pleasing to God. 
I'm totally accepted by God, and I'm a new creation, complete in Christ. And we actually gave you a little card. So that's really where Streams has come from, and that's some of the early teaching. But we just expanded it in order to help you to feel more and more alive as a child of God. Jean, you were at one of the first meetings, and uh, I've just asked you to give um, a brief reflection on, here we are, I've got a microphone, or oh, you can bring your flag, that's good. I'll get a visual aid out for you. Ruth, do you want to just uh, put that down? Yep, props. <laughs> this is Jean. Thank you. Props, props. Has something really beautiful, really beautiful, ever taken you by surprise and, and, and captivated your heart? Like a, like a glorious sunset or a wonderful piece of music? Well, that's what happened to me, to my heart, when I first came to, to streams. I was captivated by God's presence. And as I stood to worship, long after the you know, musicians had finished... I just stood and stood and found I couldn't sit down um, because, you know, God had so impacted my heart and my spirit. Um, so I was standing there and after a little while I became, you know, came to a little bit and was a little bit more aware of where I was. And then I caught sight of Elaine and I thought she is being affected in the same way by the nearness of God. Um, so there we were, looking like a couple of uh, statues or a couple of bookends. Um, but we didn't care because we were so happy in God. <laughs> then as another streams, uh, the scene was set for us to have a wonderful prayer activity. Hence the, 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 the blue river here. It was longer, yeah. And it stretched from the sanctuary there from the bishop's chair right the way down the aisle. So that was going to be the river of God. And we were encouraged, you know, to take a dip in the river and to go upstream to the, to the heavenlies where Jesus was seated on the bishop's throne. I think we had a crown. And, um, so that was the scene. Now at this point, the thought did cross my mind. How was I going to get in the river? And, and from point A to point B and back to my pew like a regular human being because the presence of God is, is overwhelming. It's overwhelming. So um, there we were, we were encouraged and, and in I went into, into the river. I took a dip and um, the Holy Spirit did come again and I was affected again. I was gripped again by God's love and joy and presence. Um, in his presence is fullness of joy. And we had a wonderful night, all of us. We were all in the river. But I was stuck in the river. I was stuck. And I could see everybody going by. And I thought, whoa, I'm really enjoying this. But I want to go back now, God. I want to go back. And then Elaine's boots came to the rescue. Because uh, I recognized, I thought, I recognized those. Uh, I think they were your Doc, Mar Doc Martins. I recognized those boots. And I thought, if I make a really supreme effort, I can just... You know, follow those boots and, and I might get back to shore, you know, back to uh, up shore, to shore and get back into the pew. So thanks, Elaine, again. But what fun, you know, what absolute fun, what joy. Um, then another streams was when we had tea lights 
And they were creating a beautiful atmosphere in the sanctuary. What a wonderful evening, a wonderful night we all had. And afterwards, you know, I ran up to Anne. I said, Anne, Anne, where can I buy some of those wonderful tea lights because of their amazing perfume? And she said, Jean, I think you were just tidying away. And you just said casually, Jean, they're fragrance-free from cargo in town. What you... <laughs> What you've experienced must have been the perfume of Christ. So, I mean, Jesus is just beyond amazing, isn't he? Beyond amazing. And then just to finish, to talk about flags, because you've seen us over the years madly flagging, haven't you? Um, in the Old Testament... Um, and in the, in the Psalms, in the Old Testament, we're exhorted, encouraged many times to lift up a banner, to raise a banner in the name of God. And it was the musicians and the banner bearers who led the Israelites in battle and godly exploits. They were out in front worshipping with much noise and colour and dancing, lifting up banners in the name of the Lord, taking ground for God, displacing uh, the spiritual darkness with light. And this spiritual warfare, because that's what it is, all worship is warfare. It's for us today as much as our, for our friends in the Bible. So at Streams, when we raise a banner in worship, when you raise a banner at Streams, um, we believe that spiritual darkness is being dispersed and the precious, glorious presence of Jesus is being ushered in. So to end, let's go on encouraging one another to worship however we choose to worship, to let go of our fears and our inhibitions, and to really uh, let in the beautiful, indescribable, unmistakable presence of Jesus Christ, because as we read in in the Word of God, um, his banner over us is love. We've got nothing to lose. Let's have a demonstration, shall we, Elaine? What do you do? Yes, just I'll have this that and just demonstrate because you've got a lovely movement but it doesn't matter you just do what's in your heart Jean just do a wave just yeah brilliant thank you very much that was great thank you Jean some lovely memories there I've asked Rachel uh, to come and share something because I can distinctly remember, uh, I don't know how long ago, maybe three years ago, she was really bowled over by one particular streams. Rachel. Thank you. I'm just going to give a tiny bit of background so that it makes a bit of sense. Um, I came, started coming to this church about 11 years ago. And before that, I was in a church where um, um, I was taught that the Bible um, contained all that God w- was ever going to say. Um, But when I came to this church and I made some good friends, I started to realize that God uh, was still speaking. And uh, it was about the same time that streams started. Um, And the first few streams, well, the first few years of streams was really significant for me. Um, For a start, when I came to the meetings, there was uh, women that prayed for me. And they actually had words for me, uh, things that God wanted to say to me, um, and that were specific to me. They weren't just um, just promises in the Bible, they were for me. And also, um, as Anne's mentioned, um, they, the streams meetings actually were equipping me to, to have that relationship with God outside of the streams meeting. So I was um, journaling and um, pushing into the presence of God, it was one of Anne's phrases. Um, outside of um, outside of streams, so that's what was happening with me and God at the time. And then, um, in my private life, um, I I, uh, I was 
pursuing a friendship that was developing and uh, the inevitable happened and I and I fell in love and uh, we got together and it was a great time because I'd been pursuing God um, and God was speaking to me about my life and I was with this man that I was madly in love with and God gave me some really specific promises about this relationship so it was all uh, fantastic um, but out of nowhere, um, he finished with me, and I was absolutely devastated. Um, firstly, because I, I, you know, I lost this relationship with this man that I loved, but also because everything that I'd thought about God, that God had spoken to me and he'd given me these promises, I started to doubt them. I started to think, did, I, did he really say those things? Can I really believe those things? Were those promises for me? Um, you know, was, was any of it true? Um, so... <laughs> This brings me to streams. Um, yeah, so six months after uh, John T finished with me, I came to streams um, and Sue Sinclair was speaking on Hannah. And she said that um, some of us had been given words and we'd put them on the shelf. And that actually we were being disobedient by putting these words on the shelf. Um, well, the prayer activity came. And um, if you know Anne at all, she normally rape you in to do something. So I actually ended up praying for people. And I uh, almost made it out of the building without being prayed for. And just as all the lights were being switched off, um, Sue Sinclair prayed for me right by the door. I nearly made it out of, the, uh, out of here. And she said to me, you are one of these women that has uh, put these promises on the shelf. And you're being disobedient. And she said that I was to go back and reread the promises. And she prayed for the gift of faith to believe that these promises would come true. Um, it wasn't a magic wand. It was a very significant moment, and I can remember it so clearly. Um, but months and years passed, and, and nothing changed. Um, I, was, I was trying to hold on to these promises that God had given me and not put them on the shelf. But the circumstances were pointing the complete opposite. Um, but I kept on pursuing God. I kept remembering this warning that Sue had given me not to be disobedient and to hold on to God's promises and two years to the day that I received that word from Sue, um, John T and I got back together and we were married later that year. Um, so as an encouragement to you, ladies, I just want to reiterate really what Anne said, that God loves you all completely and individually as well. And that he has good plans for each one of you and he has promises for each one of you too. And uh, something that I'm still learning is that God's promises and God's timing are two different things. And if God has given you a promise, then just journey with him while you wait for it to be fulfilled. Thank you. Brilliant. Thank you, Rachel. That's fantastic. Yes, thank you. <laughs> wow, that's good. We have tried to tackle all sorts of subjects, and uh, I think it was about three or four years ago in December, we had a Christmas special, and uh, we particularly uh, thought about angels, and uh, I was given the task of talking about angels. Wait for it, Graham. I, um, I've only ever seen one angel, and I told the story, I haven't got time now, but it was uh, in in Derby and it was just the most incredible sight and uh, since that day I've always wanted to see another one but we do live in a spiritual world and there are thousands if not millions of angels 
Uh, I do believe, as the Bible says, that each one of us has been given a guardian angel, and that angel is with us all the time. And as I came to prepare my talk on angels, uh, a friend of Ruth's from New Zealand uh, saw that I was doing this, and she sent me two incredible uh, photos. Let's have the first one. This is at a a huge event in New Zealand. And can you see on the left-hand side of the stage... Um, people were worshipping God. There were thousands of people in this venue. And there was nobody on the stage. And let's have a look at the second one. And look, they um, maybe it's not as clear as the actual photograph, but you can just see kind of like heavenly bodies on stage. And uh, just really want to encourage you that God not only has sent us um, Jesus to show us the way, Uh, He also sends us angels, and in the Well Christian Healing Centre, every week we pray for God's warrior angels to be outside, as we do here when we meet for streams, and we pray for God's ministering angels to be with us inside as we pray for the sick and the needy. Sometime later, we had... um, a speaker called Annie Hughes. She's coming back, actually, in the summer. A wonderful lady. And uh, she... Uh, I think one of our speakers couldn't come, and it was very last moment, um, Kathy on our team suggested, what about Annie? So we phoned her up, and she said, I'd love to come. And uh, she's just returned from Mozambique, an incredible um, holiday, not holiday, mission kind of holiday, with that wonderful lady, Heidi Baker. And they ended up at the end of their mission time um, they've done seen some incredible healings um, and they worshipped God and the Holy Spirit was very present and she showed this photograph can you see that there weren't there's no it was just an African kind of gathering there was no special lighting effects but if you see it's like tongues of fire are actually above the women and the men's heads. And do you remember that wonderful story in uh, Acts of Apostles that when the Holy Spirit first arrived on that uh, day of Pentecost, um, people not only spoke in, in tongues with their voice, there was actually tongues of fire above their heads. And I, I just find that photograph absolutely incredible. This is the God we're talking about, the God of promise, the God who wants to interact with us every day of our life. So that was um, two things. Uh, then we had uh, a number of times, we've had Jennifer Reese Larkham. And Ruth, would you like to come and talk about one of the times she came and a particular activity she got us to do? don't know how many women have got one of these. This is a button box. I used to have a lovely tin, but uh, it disappeared. Now I'm afraid it's in plastic. I really ought to put it back into a nice tin. When Jen Larkham came to speak to us, she is an inspirational lady. She's a lady whose God has worked in a deep way in her life in many ways. She's not been free of trouble. She's had lots of uh, things in her life that she struggled with. And she, one of the things she was talking about was forgiveness. She had to forgive somebody. And she was finding it very, very difficult. And she uh, explained about a creative prayer activity that she could do. And what it was, was to look through her button tin. Can you hold on to that? Or her button box. And to actually pick out a button that represented the person that... 
let's have this big one. The person that maybe she needed to forgive or the person she needed to work with God with. And she said, you choose a button and put that button on your Bible by a cross. And that is representing that person. You are giving them to God. You're giving them to the foot of the cross. Jesus has come so that he can bring us new life when we seek his forgiveness. And that was very powerful. She also said it doesn't just have to be something to do with forgiveness. It can be an issue that we're just struggling with, or it can be a person that we're praying for in such an earnest way, and we we keep trying to work it out ourselves. And Jesus can say, just give it to me, just give it to me. And so she said, choose an appropriate button for that person. There might be a person, a friend that always wears pink and you find a pink button. Or it might be somebody, uh, a military button because it's somebody who's been in the army or something. Choose an appropriate button for them and use that to put at the cross. So we had a huge array of amazing buttons. I just adore buttons and these were fantastic. And the women that were at that stream spent ages looking through these buttons, trying to find the appropriate one for the person that they wanted to pray for. And that was really, really significant for a lot of women. And, I, and we heard a lot of stories back about how they said, do you remember those buttons? I still use that button. I still, when I start to worry about that person, I pick the button up and I put it back at the cross. I give that person back to Jesus. So it's actually a very significant prayer thing for all of us to do. If you've got a situation in your life that you're struggling with, if you've got a person that's really heavy on your heart and you worry about them or you you are stressed about it, go and buy a button or find a button in your button tin to represent them and give them to Jesus. And in that act of giving them to Jesus, you'll find there is that release. And if you find you're worrying about it again, pick the button up, say, I'm sorry, Lord, I've been worrying again and put it back and say, I give them back to you. There's some good haberdashery shops in Leamington Spa. So if you haven't got any nice buttons, go and buy some. Brilliant. Thank you very much. Who was there at that button event? Oh, look, do you still use your buttons? Some of them are nodding. Yeah, thank you. That's great. Thanks, Ruth. At the beginning of uh, 2009... A lovely lady called Wendy Bray kicked off our streams program. I first met Wendy when I worked for the Bible Reading Fellowship as their mission and spirituality advisor. And I didn't know much about book publishing when I arrived. But I soon found out that um, often a book could take up to a year to be published But a particular book called In the Palm of God's Hand was really rushed through. And the reason it was rushed through was it was written by Wendy, who um, had serious cancer issue in her life. And she really wasn't expected to live. And In the Palm of His Hand is actually a diary of each day um, facing life with cancer, having to go through different kinds of treatment, having to go off and have chemo and then having to get a wig. And it just went on like that. And we 
BRF, we rushed it through because we very much wanted, because it's such an incredible book, it's still available. You can get it from Graham Allen's um, bookshop at the bottom of town. Um, it's such an incredible book that we wanted her to see it um, before she went to meet with God. Well, Wendy is larger than life. God has brought a tremendous healing into her life. And when we thought about the program and we wanted to do something on laughter, I said, I know just the person because she really is a larger than life character. She loves laughing. And we had a good laugh on that night. Uh, two of, we had various visuals. Um, I just very briefly want to show you. You've seen it. I've probably used it two or three times, but I can never get enough. It's just two tiny little clips about women and particularly driving. Uh, blink and you'll miss them, but let's have a laugh. Look, let's have a look at this. It's really good to laugh. God has given us laughter, and it's really important that we laugh often, and that's what Wendy certainly encouraged us to do. Well, we have tackled a number of topics, and one which we did very recently when we invited uh, Hills Drew up from Cheltenham, and uh, she helped us to listen to God and to hear him speaking, rather like uh, Rachel talked about earlier. And uh, I've asked Joe just to talk about um, just a verse that you got from that meeting, which is just really was just so amazing, wasn't it, for you? Hill encouraged us to split him into groups to listen to God for a word for us. And I was in a group with two other other people. And the lady that I was with gave me this verse which said about being faithful unto death. And what she didn't know at the time was that I'd been visiting my brother in Heartlands Hospital three times a week. He had a stroke three and a half years ago. And he was in hospital with pneumonia. And all I can say is that God really enabled me during that time to visit him and to care for him because he was a very difficult person to visit. And I haven't really connected the two things um, when she said that. And I just thought, faithful unto death. Oh, that's a bit funny, faithful unto death. And another verse that came to me was that when when uh, Jesus says, when you do things to the least of these my brethren you're doing it unto me and that's the motivation that I had for visiting my brother for three and a half years with this very difficult stroke because he couldn't do anything for himself and then um so he was in Heartlands for th- and I was visiting him three times a week and he actually died on the 14th of October so that verse just seemed very appropriate, being faithful unto death and God was saying to me be faithful keep on being faithful keep visiting him unto death. I mean, obviously, I didn't expect him to die on the 14th of October, but, but that was just very encouraging that God sort of knew and was encouraging me to keep on, keep on, keep on visiting him that he knew. And it was by God's grace that I was able to carry on. Thank you. Thank you very much, Joe, for sharing that. That's very special. Thank you. And one of you, because of the groups, I don't know which group Joe was in, but one of you would have given that word. And isn't that incredible that it's really made such a difference? It was a word spoken in time, and it's made a huge difference to Joe. We do try and vary streams, and uh, because you all come from various situations, and uh, a lot of the time we don't know your personal situations, but we do often hear how God has impacted your life and has helped you to step into new things. And I've asked uh, Helen to come and to say something about um, how God has encouraged her through streams to move on. Yeah. 
Oh, yeah. oh sorry, no. I need to... Got to get with that. Here we are. Yeah, <laughs> brilliant. Thanks, Anne. Um, well, I've been a Christian for a very, very long time, really, um, ever since I was a teenager. Um, but I, I guess I had kind of I was struggling with two issues. Firstly, a lot of it was really very much in my head. It was all about having the right answers. And I was going to have this horrible exam that I would have to sit. And it was all about getting the right answers and ticking the right boxes. And uh, I had listened to quite a number of sermons by John Stott. So that was all very good, very theologically correct. But it didn't actually go much deeper than my, my head. And um, the other thing that I kind of, I guess, looking back on it, was struggling with was I couldn't really imagine that I could actually be used by God. I couldn't imagine that God could speak to me. I couldn't imagine that anyone would want me to do anything in church, let alone stand up here with a mic speaking to you or encourage people. That just wasn't really on my radar. Um, but coming here uh, to St. Paul's, which is the, the, my, my own church, began to challenge me on, on a number of those levels. And I, I, I decided I wasn't going to run away from it. I was going to engage with this. So that was, that was quite interesting. Um, and I listened to uh, some sermons by Anne um, a few years ago, wasn't it? And it was just so bizarre because I had one of those experiences where it was like she had unzipped my head and looked inside. How on earth did she know what was going on in there? That's just so bizarre. So I thought, okay, maybe I'll do something about this. So I plucked up courage to go and speak to her a couple of weeks later. And she dragged me, kicking and screaming almost, uh, down to the well. So I, uh, I got prayed for there. Um, and when lovely ladies like Ruth and Anne begin to pray for you, things begin to happen. So that was quite interesting. And at that time, I began to come to streams. And it really opened up uh, hearing from God, encountering God in new ways. I remember one particular streams you were talking about uh, what was going on in our hearts and uh, the brokenhearted, and that was a really uh, interesting time for me to encounter God and to admit that and to, to move on. And I remember also um, the other one that really impacted on me was when Rachel Hickson came a couple of years ago. And that was another time when I kind of really moved on and encountered God in, a, in, in quite a deep way. So that's been really, really encouraging. And um, all this creative prayer activity, I would have run a mile. I just wouldn't have really engaged with it. But stepping into new things, new ways of encountering God has, has been brilliant. And um, a little while later, I, I, I spoke to Anne and I said, well, could I maybe join the team? Because uh, I couldn't really have imagined that actually God could use someone like silly little me. You know, well, that wasn't something that happened. But I joined the team, and uh, that has been a real encouragement, just to see what goes on here, to see, to see the church full of wonderful ladies, to work with such a faith-filled team of lovely ladies to pray with and to be on the team with them. It's just wonderful to see what God is doing. And just such an encouragement to know that I can be used. And... Uh, that's been absolutely brilliant. So what I want to do is to encourage any of you out there to step into new things, encounter God in new ways. You can be used by God. And, and also, if there's anyone out there, particularly some of you younger ladies, um, you know, if you're, come if you're, us. come join us, come join us, speak to Anne, speak to Ruth. Um, might not be for everyone, but it might just be for you. Uh, do come join us and step into new things. Brilliant. Thank you very much, Helen. That's great. 
It's encouraging. Thank you. This is lovely. As you heard from um, the prophecy that uh, God gave to Ruth, um, streams is going to have and has done and, and will do in the future have a healing element to it. Uh, this last autumn, uh, generally once a year, we put on a streams teaching day and Diana and myself um, did a day called um, God Healing Us Inside Out. And one of the teaching aids that I used was this painting It's just incredible. It's actually called Devastation by Francine Turk. And it's this person who is just so bent low. In fact, I got um, the group to study it for a few minutes to see what they saw. I'll just give you a moment to look at it. Originally, I didn't tell them the actual uh, title of the painting. But basically, this person is just melting through life's events. Don't know what's happened to this person. Don't really know if it's male or female. But something has happened that has devastated the very inner being. And Diana and I taught through that day how God um, has come to mend the brokenhearted, as he says in Psalm 147 and Psalm 34. And it was just an amazing day. And I know a lot of people have either been down to the well to receive prayer. Others have gone to um, groups like the Christian Prayer Ministries. And I'd like to ask Sue, um, I know she's going to be very brave here, but just to say something that happened to her as a result of being on that Streams Teaching Day. Thank you, Sue. Thank you. Um, actually, this is my very first screams, but I did, as Anne say, go on the teaching day. So just to share two or three things that happened. Um, as a result of going on the day, I did actually go to Christian Prayer Ministries, and Anne will tell anyone interested about that, I'm sure. Um, but it was absolutely brilliant for me, and it's just a day, first of all, of teaching, and then the second day is one where there's an opportunity for probably three hours also of prayer and I had actually become a Christian at 44 there was quite a lot of things that I needed to renounce um, soul ties that needed to be broken Um, and I hadn't realized I don't think quite how bound by things I was Um, but the next week I just in my prayer life kept saying thank you God I'm so free I'm so free and I'd not even realized that I wasn't free but obviously a big work had been done in me Um, A thing that Diana mentioned on that day was where she'd been to see somebody's um, newly landscaped garden. And apparently it was very beautiful, but there was a pile of rubble that the builder had left. And the lady who was showing off her lovely garden said, I'm refusing to move that rubble. That's the builder's responsibility. It's not mine. And Diana um, really spoke to me in that because she showed me that sometimes in our lives, in fact, I guess in all our lives, people do come and bring things um, and off they go. But actually, it then becomes our responsibility. And we really need to work on that. And thirdly, the day for me was a real revelation when I I know that Jesus had died on the cross and that had covered my sin Um, but it just really showed me on that day that actually Jesus covered lots of things on that day and I was particularly um, at that time suffering from rejection and betrayal and I just learned on that day that actually all those things were covered when Jesus died for us so it was a fantastic day.
Okay. Brilliant. Okay. What a lovely thing to learn. Sue, mm. thank you very much for sharing that. That's fantastic. <laughs> really good. <clears throat> I sometimes say to Ruth on a, a streams night, I say, where does everyone park? You see, I just live up the road. I live in Suffolk Street, so I just walk down. It's about less than 100 yards down the road. But I do, it does kind of worry me sometimes thinking, where do they park? Because a number of you, uh, you, you come from far and wide. And, but I do hear some lovely stories that it's kind of the girls' night out and you all kind of squeeze into one car. And I just want to hear two testimonies from two car loads. I know, Jackie, you're going to speak on behalf of the Whitnash crowd. And Barbara, I haven't, uh, Brenda, I haven't spotted you. Are you here from Northampton? You, I'm going to have you as well, so c- come forward too. Jackie, you first. This is Jackie from Whitnash. I'm just going to move this. Um, if you stand there, because I realise some of the people over here probably haven't been able to see that much. Right. So there well, we go. It certainly is a girls' night out from Whitnash. We all pile in cars and we come along here. The last streams, we, um, before the service, there was little, little promises on, on, on the seats and we were all there going, oh, that's really exciting, that's really good for you and that's really good for you. And we were getting very excited. And then one of the girls looked at me and said, well, what about you? And I Oh, they're all good for me. They're all great for me. I'll have any of them. But then during the service, God actually really spoke through one verse. Call on me and I will answer you and I will tell you great and unsearchable things you do not know. And that's a verse I've actually used before and given to people, but I've never really had such a... a, a, an insight as to what it what it means and at the end of that service the last service one of our girls was hurting and upset and the whole of the Whitnash crew sat behind and sat sat by her no one really knew why and I think for me and for us in Whitnash it was a beginning of 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 sisterhood um, and I feel that's where he's taking us now and and on and this journey that he's taken us he's he's had to remind me again of some of the things that he's given me in dreams in the past. In 2002, he gave me a new name, which I needed during this journey that he was taking me. He's given me a picture, um, a little bookmark of um, like a little willow pattern and a pink church. And again, talking about the girls. And he's given me a little, little, again, a little word I've had here with free, which again, what we're working at. Um, And we've been praying for a lot of our girls recently. And and one of the things that we were praying for, when we were praying for this girl, we're saying, you need to now get the promises of God yourself. You need to find these promises and pray these for yourself. And this is her story, not mine. But as she went upstairs, she found an envelope on her dressing table table from I think 2004 which was from streams containing promises of God how did that get there I don't know where was it in all the intervening years I don't know but God is working and he's working in Whitnash brilliant yes more of that thank you Brenda yeah I know every streams there's at least one car from Northampton which is kind of over that way in sort of a motorway job so Brenda um Yes, just tell us, why do you come? And anything particular happened? <laughs> it's great. How many generally come in your car? Is it three? Or... Uh, well, normally five, but it's three today. Normally five, but three today. Yes. Great. Oh, we have two cars, of course. Two cars, you do. Known. That's right, yeah. Yes. So, Brenda, what draws you over here? What are you going to share with us? Well, well, well. Um, it started way back when um, the husband of a friend of ours uh, was diagnosed with um, terminal cancer brain tumour and we brought him to the well 
Um, sadly, we lost him, but um, having said that, the legacy of his life has been fantastic within our church. And um, we, uh, my daughter and I in particular, um, started to come to streams probably 2003 was the first time we came. And each time we came um, was unique. Uh, I can only say that um, one stands out in particular because it was so very amusing, amazing, really. We'd, um, we'd sat in here and uh, shared and praised the Lord and... On our journey here, we did nothing but rattle. Chat, chat, chat. You know, it's like a cartload of women (laughs) together. (laughs) And we did nothing but talk, talk, talk. But after this particular stream, we left here, hardly said a word. We got into the car, and all all we heard as we were traveling back to Northampton was, I don't believe it. Did you feel that? <laughs> Did you hear that? Just an occasional comment from each of, the, each of us in the car. It was electric. And the Lord had really zapped all five of us. <laughs> it was amazing. And <laughs> yes, uh, I don't know. Um, it's a fantastic, fantastic thing that God's been doing here. And uh, blessing Anne and all your team. And uh, I do um, know that uh, it'll continue. Thank you. Oh, Brenda, that's lovely. Thank, Thank you. you very much, all the way from Northampton. <laughs> I think there may be one testimony that I didn't know about. It's Anna's friend, Code. If you would like to come forward, you're very welcome. Anna's friend? Yes, would you like to come forward, Annie? Just very briefly, because we're just slightly, uh, we, can, we can just fit you in, because I know that you've really asked God in prayer, and it, um, I just don't want you to miss the opportunity. So just briefly, what are you going to share with us then? Mm-hmm. Oh, you've got the egg. Ah, we had an egg night. Well, um, I come from Southam, and in September 2002, I, I came to Streams, and we were invited to write a prayer on a piece of paper, And as you can see, it's in the shape of an egg. We were then told to put this piece of paper into a self-addressed envelope. And if we had a stamp, to put a stamp on it. And it would be sent to us, um, back to us, uh, in God's timing. And uh, I just wanted to share with you the story of my egg. Uh, Well, my, my prayer. So, I mean, at the time, I was happy... Um, I'd got a good job, and uh, I was happy with the rest of my life, and I'd restored my relationship back with God, having given myself wholeheartedly. Um, I had made mistakes in the past, and I felt quite ashamed of myself because I didn't actually succeed in previous relationships. Um, But I found that after coming home to Christ, my life started coming together. You'll have to forgive me if I do sound nervous, but I am nervous. Sorry, you're doing very well. <laughs> Carry on, Annie. Um, I met a man um, called Roger shortly before streams of 2002, 
And my prayers at streams was this. It's what I've written. Dear Lord, I ask for a blessing upon Roger's life to come to know you and find peace in his heart, to see the light that he's looking for. He wasn't a Christian at the time. He'd gone through a very difficult divorce. I asked the Lord to help him, uh, to, sorry, use me, Lord, to help him and write uh, and unite us, Lord. Bless us both with a love for one another, with you in the centre of our lives. Now, Roger did find the light and the peace he was searching for. Excuse me. <laughs> he went down on his knees and he asked God into his life by saying the Lord's Prayer. That was the only way he knew how to ask for God's help. He also asked me to marry him. And we've now been married for almost eight years. Now, we were married on April the 19th. And on April the 16th, I received back my envelope with my prayer. April the 16th was the anniversary of my mother's death. So I felt that it was a blessing to receive this um, because it blessed me rather than it made, you know, made making it a sad day. And like I say, the shape of this egg was very appropriate because April the 19th was also Easter. So God's timing. And I have to admit that I hadn't remembered all the wording of my prayer Um, And on our red wedding day, Roger and I had chosen the song, Jesus, Be the Centre. And that's how my prayer had ended. We asked the curate who conducted our wedding to use the prayer during the talk. And it was a very special day. And our relationship with God continues. And he has been very much the centre of our lives. And I feel very blessed to be with Roger. So I wanted to encourage you all to wait on God's timing for your blessings and believe that your prayers will be answered. Thank you. Thank you. Fantastic. Thank you. Well, incredibly moving. Thank you so much for everybody who's taken part. It's not easy coming forward, but what a gift you've been to us. Well, we're going to do something which is a little bit different. We haven't done this before. In fact, I don't know if anyone's done this before. Um, At probably two previous uh, streams in the desert and several Listening to God conferences, we have done something called the fire tunnel. And uh, team members would line up opposite each other and we'd ask congregations you to kind of walk up. I can remember one of them. Um, Ruth had only just come back from holiday and she warned me probably not to do this but because it was something to do with the Holy Spirit um, we decided to have little pieces of yellow paper like confetti and as people came up this aisle here we said more Lord more Lord more of your Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit was doing some lovely things what we didn't know that we were going to find yet little yellow pieces of paper in the church pews for weeks afterwards as well as in our own clothing 
Ruth, who's Miss Practical, had warned me, but I hadn't listened. And we were here for a very long time hoovering on that night. Anyway, we're not doing confetti, but we wanted to be able to do something to include all of us. Um, And we wanted to call down the blessings of God. And so we waited on God in prayer And we've come up with this activity. Now, there is a get-out clause, because often we've had lovely nightlights up the top here, which Jean talked about. Um, There is a nice, quiet sanctuary area. And if this really isn't your thing, then uh, please, please be invited. Know that you're welcome to go up into the sanctuary area through the little chapel, and that's your quiet space. But what we're going to do here, you're wondering what's going to (laughs) happen... Uh, We have, because it's celebration, we have a number of balloons. um, They're dotted around in black paper sacks at the moment. And on the balloons, we've written a number of words like life, refreshment, guidance, blossom, healing, hope, uh, direction, all sorts of words like that. And uh, have you ever seen volleyball? Do you know what volleyball is? It's a ball going over a net. Well... We've got 30-odd balloons, and what we're going to invite you to do, um, we're going to ask the Holy Spirit just to come amongst us as we simply just pat, either catch and throw off the balloon somebody else can catch the blessing. But these balloons represent the blessings of God that he wants all all of us to receive. And if you need healing tonight, grab the healing balloon. Thank you, Lord, and pass it on. If you want hope, grab the hope balloon and pass it on. And there will be quite a chaos, I suppose, here. But that's all right. It's a party. There's always chaos at parties. Lots of noise and everything. Sometimes we ask you to be very quiet. Tonight, you can let it all out. But I really do want to encourage you, if this isn't going to be your thing, and you're just not in that place at the moment, look, there's a lovely space up here. It will be sort of quiet up there, so please go up there. In order to start this, look, there's life here. Can we... Um, Oh, yes. Are we going to wait for the, to listen to the song first? We're going to wait for the song. Ruth is too excited. Um, if often at parties you have fireworks, well, the stream's budget wouldn't go as far as fireworks. So I don't know if you saw the incredible fireworks um, in London at New Year, this last New Year gone, and it was just amazing. So there's, there's more than one balloon, but I've just, I've just stopped Ruth in her tracks. There's going to be 30 balloons. But I just want you to um, watch some fireworks. I mean, it's always not the same, is it, watching it on the screen. This is, we're hoping. Can we get YouTube, Graham? Do you think it's going to work? Great, okay. But there's a lovely song which we've chosen, and it's called God is Here. And I want the fireworks to be the celebratory thing, but I'd love the words to start us off that God is here, and he wants to do something amazing amongst us, amongst just using simple items as balloons. And once the song's gone a little way in, we'll let the balloons go. And then also the team, though I've put some instrumental music on, the team will then bring prayers to you as you have fun tapping these balloons. Okay, so let's um, see Big Ben chime and listen to this song and watch some fireworks. So hold back. It's nearly time for the balloons. <laughs> 